God's specialty is healing the brokenhearted. Do you have a broken heart? Well, stay there because we're going to discuss this in Psalm 147 today in about five minutes. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembry. I'm James. And this is Bible Discovery TV, discovering the Bible for 33 years. This is the 33rd year of going through the book of Psalms. What a great Psalms to go through today, 147. Joining us in about 20 minutes time, Corey and Ryan. Corey. Today, I'm taking a look at Psalm 150, the final Psalm, and ancient music. Ryan? Well, Psalm 147 verse 4 says that God has a name for all the stars, which in Hebrew includes even the planets. And while we don't know their God-given names, we do have our own names for them. So we'll talk about that a little later on. That's right. All the planets are named after Roman gods and everything else. Very interesting, Ryan. Okay, Janice? Today, I want to talk about the great love of God. So take your Bible guide, turn to today's passage. Let's open up the Bible and listen to God. Psalm 147, 1 through 11. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and praise is beautiful. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked down to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the harp to our God, who covers the heavens with clouds, who prepares rain for the earth, who makes grass to grow on the mountains. He gives to the beast its food and to the young ravens that cry. He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear Him, in those who hope in His mercy. Psalm 147, verses 1 through 11. Psalm 147, 148, 149, and 150, that's what we read today as we finish up the book of Psalms. It is amazing. Remembering that God, as the creator of all things, has a way of keeping everything in its proper place. God has created the physical systems that we live in. Everything that humans accomplish is because he created the potential for that accomplishment. Now, regardless of whether we recognize it or not, God is the center of all things. The recognition of him, though, is necessary for the great accomplishments of all, and that is to be reconciled with God. Righteousness or rightness with God has been made possible for us through our Savior, Jesus the Christ. How could I not praise Him? I mean, when I sit and think on it, I am overcome with relief. God has saved me from the great burden of sin. We have moved from creatures under the judgment to creatures able to be in the presence of God. Well, Psalm 147 is a great hymn of praise for 
the God who made us, sees us, and the God who loves us, and the God who also forgave us. <laughs> forgave us for what? For sin. That becomes very important. When we begin to understand what we've been forgiven for, it makes sense to us to praise God all the time. Praise is not simply in the mind. It's what we sing, what we say, how we do things. And so we praise God that way. Now, I would like you to take your Bible guide and turn to today's passage. It has the scriptures assignments and all of that for June uh, the 12th. And it's very interesting. If you don't have a Bible guide, let me encourage you to get a hold of yours. You can simply write to us or you can call us or you can go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com. One word, BibleDiscoveryTV.com. And click on the Bible Guide page. The other way you can do that, just as a matter of interest, is go to BibleDiscoveryGuide.com. But nevertheless, go to Bible Discovery TV and click on the page. It takes you to a place where you can download it just as we have printed it. Today, we talk about remember who God is. Now, I know there's a lot of things that we're distracted by. We're distracted by this economy, that economy, war here, war there. But we need to stop as Christians, as people who believe in Christ and remember who God is, because that's important. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray today that as we study your word, as we look at what you've told us, as we read Psalm 147, as we consider how you've couched it, help us to understand that you are the creator of all things. Thank you, Lord, and we praise your wonderful name. In the name of Jesus the Christ, and we all said together, make it so, Lord Jesus. Now, as we read the Bible, it becomes very important for us to hear what the Lord says. Praise the Lord, Psalm 147, verse 1. Praise the Lord. For it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant and praise is beautiful. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcast of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Now this is what God does. God's specialty is healing the brokenhearted. This world is full of broken hearts. Let me ask you a question. Do you know what that means? Do you have a broken heart? Have you ever had a broken heart? If you're human, you likely have. And let me tell you, it is not nice. But God comes in and heals our broken hearts, beloved. He comes into us because God loves us. And if we give our heart to him and our life to him, he comes in and he helps us and he heals what is impossible for anybody else to do. God does the impossible on a regular basis in our hearts when we allow him to come into our hearts through the power of his Holy Spirit. The impossible is done. So we are living works of impossibility because God has done it. This is a great witness today, and we need to keep that in mind. Well, let's go on and read verse 4 to 5. It says, he counts the number of stars. He calls them all by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. Oh, this is amazing. God is mighty in power and his wisdom is infinite. Infinite does not have a limit. His wisdom does not have a limit. God counts the number of stars and calls them all by name. Now, I, I'm an amateur astronomer. 
But I have a telescope and uh, I, I use my telescope a lot. Now, I just want to tell you that uh, I love looking at the planets and the, the planets like Saturn and Mars and Jupiter and all the rest of it. Uh, but let me tell you that it's important to remember that those names are from Roman gods. What are the names of the planets, really? God knows their names. And when we get to heaven, that's one of the things that we will learn as amateur astronomers, if there are any others out there with telescopes who like to do this, we're going to get a name for all of the stars. I mean, that is exciting. And that's absolutely amazing. So when I look at the stars at night, I begin to think, Lord, this is so big. It's huge. There's so many of them. How can we possibly understand all of this? And the more we see from the telescopes and the satellite telescopes and everything else, we are totally blown away. People cannot understand God because he is so vast. And we realize that his wisdom has no boundaries. And we understand that, Lord, we need your wisdom today because that's how we're going to get through this life. So it is important for us to remember, it is God who said to Abraham, go look at the stars. Keep that in mind. Now, let's look at this last part of the scripture. It is a really good one. Verse 6 to 11. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked down to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the harp to our God, who covers the heavens with clouds, who prepares rain for the earth, who makes grass to grow on the mountains. He gives to the beast its food and to the young ravens that cry. He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord takes pleasure, look at this now, the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, who respect him, who love him, in those who hope in his mercy. Now, beloved, this is important. God is the creator. God is the provider of everything on earth. Let's be thankful to God for his provision and let's not abuse these resources. I talked with someone who was very much into the environment and they told me that, uh, you know, Christians didn't really pay attention to the environment. I said, quite to the contrary, my friend. I do pay attention to the environment because it's not mine to use and abuse. I have to understand these, this is God's creation. And so, beloved, we need to realize that we live in a world that was created by God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to understand that this creation is not for us to use and abuse, but God gives it to us for us to take care of it. As he told Adam, as he told Eve in the Garden of Eden when they first arrived on the earth after the Lord made them, he said, take care of the garden. That's God's command, beloved. We need to keep that in our hearts and keep that in our minds. This is very important. So with that, we come to this prayer. Lord, help us to understand what your word has said. Psalm 147 is so important. I need to digest it. and I need to read it again. And I need to understand what you're saying so that I can be somebody who lifts up your name properly and gives you the witness that you deserve. But a lie is when somebody tells you, I know how you'll be happy. You buy this hairspray and you're going to be happy. You smell like this flower, you're going to be happy. You take this drug, you're going to be happy. 
you buy this car, you're going to be happy. See, it all tells me I'm going to be happy. No, I'm not. That's not how this works. The truth is that I am not happy until I find the purpose of why I exist. My purpose for living. All right, well, it's time now to continue on in our studies. And today we finish the incredible book of Psalms as we read Psalms 147 to 150. And I'm highlighting Psalm 147 verse 4 today, which says that God has names for all of the stars. Now, a star in the biblical sense of the word refers to any bright light in the sky. So other than the sun and the moon, all the stars, galaxies, comets, and planets would be considered stars in the Bible. So that means God has names not just for the stars, but also for the celestial bodies that we know as planets today. And when we don't know the names that God has given to them, we do have our own names. And you may be wondering just how they got their names. Well, to find that out, we need to go back thousands of years. So let's do that. Since ancient times, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn were all well known. And while these first five planets of our solar system were called different names by different cultures, it was ultimately the Roman classifications that were adopted and became the standard in science. In fact, all the classical planets except Earth, which means simply ground, are named after the pagan gods and goddesses of the Roman pantheon. The only other exception to this is Uranus, which is named after an ancient Greek deity of the sky. Similarly, says astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, the moons of the planets are named for Greek mythological characters and the life of the Greek god whose Roman counterpart is the name of the planet itself. For example, the four brightest moons of Jupiter, Io, Ganymede, Callisto, and Europa, are characters in the life of the Greek god Zeus, for whom Jupiter is the Roman counterpart. Again, the only exception to this are the moons of Uranus, which are named after characters from Shakespearean plays, a way to honor the British, since Uranus was discovered by Englishman William Herschel. Interestingly, it seems the Romans gave the planets their names based upon their appearance and movement. For example, Mercury is the fastest orbiting planet of our solar system, so it is named after the Roman god of travel. Venus is named after the Roman goddess of love and beauty, probably because it is the third brightest object in the sky and is truly a beautiful sight. Mars was named after the Roman god of war, associating its red color with blood. Jupiter, the largest planet of our solar system, is named after the Roman king of the gods. And Saturn was named after the Roman god of agriculture and time, since it had the longest observable repeatable period in the sky and was thought to be a keeper of time. When the other planets were eventually discovered, the tradition of naming them after Roman deities continued. Indeed, Neptune was named after the Roman god of the sea, probably because of its methane-induced rich blue tint. And the now dwarf planet Pluto is named after the Roman god of the underworld, fitting for a world so distant from the sun. Though these planets have been given many different names by many different cultures, their actual names come from their creator. Indeed, Psalm 147.4 proclaims that he counts the number of the stars and calls them all by name. In the Bible, the Hebrew word translated star means any small, bright, heavenly object. This includes comets, meteors, stars, and of course, planets. Therefore, the planet's true names, though unknown to us, have been given by their creator.
So while the planets were named after false gods, which is really unfortunate, the good news is that God has his own names for the planets, and those names, of course, are their true names. And while those names are unknown to us, the stars, galaxies, planets, and other celestial objects should cause us to praise and worship their creator, as the psalmist does many, many times. This is important because when we look at planets like Saturn, or we call it the moon or whatever, um, we're talking about Roman gods, you know, it's named after them, but what is the name of these planets that God has? Yeah, it's a good question. That's really interesting. <laughs> and that's one of the first things I'm gonna ask the Lord when we get to heaven is, what are the name of these planets? So that's very, very interesting. Corey. All right, well, I love Psalm 150, not just because it caps off the book of the Psalms, that, you know, represents the, the culmination of it, that the ending of the book of Psalms, but also how it talks about the different instruments that are used to praise God, specifically in the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, but there are a lot of really interesting ancient instruments that we could really you know, dig into today. So I want to take a look at some of them. As far back as historians can see, music has been a part of human life. From the rock gongs of prehistory to the intricate bull lyres of Ur, mankind is musical. The Bible's first mention of music comes from Genesis chapter 4, an origin story. Jubal, whose name itself means ram's horn or trumpet, is given credit for inventing the harp and flute or lyre and pipe, perhaps the double flute that shows up in many ancient depictions alongside the lyre. Knowledge of ancient musical instruments has come down to us through physical remains, artistic depictions, and literary evidence. These sources have verified that instruments were made from diverse materials, some of which are easily preserved, while others tend to rot with time and regular wear. In the percussion realm, drums made of stretched hide and tambourines are known to have been used, but decayed quite easily. So far, none have been found from ancient Israel. Rattles, cymbals, and bells are a different story. Many have been found. Before the invention of bells as we know them, pottery rattles or shakers were popular. Metal sistrums, bronze cymbals, and noisy jewelry round out this category. In the woodwind camp, there is the now-famous Second Temple period bone flute that was discovered in the City of David excavations. Many types of flutes existed in the ancient Middle East, but they weren't the only instrument that utilized a type of bone. Animal horns were used to create trumpets or shofars. Trumpets could also be made out of metal. We know from the Book of Numbers that silver trumpets were made for ceremonies of Israel. Interestingly, metal trumpets may have had an association with the lotus flower, whose shape certainly is trumpet-like. An example of this association was discovered in King Tut's tomb. His silver trumpet and its wooden insert are decorated with the lotus. In the Book of Psalms, there are several sections that are to be played according to the lilies, or according to the lotus. This may mean that they were songs played with trumpets. Listed in David's worship roster for the temple were stringed harps and lyres. These lyres came in many forms and sizes from ones that sat on the floor to handheld. From modern reconstructions, it's known that larger lyres played in lower registers than the smaller handheld styles. In Psalms, there are several references to the gates of Jerusalem and worshiping in the gate structure of the city. This seems to have been a regular place to play music, sing, and dance, as evidenced by the Bible and by carvings of musicians that adorned the gates of a few discovered Hittite cities. 
All of these instrumental remains, from physical to literary, have captured the imaginations of researchers for decades. For some of the more musically inclined, ancient Mesopotamian pieces of music have been somewhat deciphered, revealing complex cording that records both melody and harmony. Tempo, ornamentation, and vocal accompaniment still remain a mystery. Music is such an interesting thing, and, and instruments, you know, creating music, creating a noise that is beautiful out of everyday objects is such an interesting thought to me. Uh, maybe it's because I'm a little bit musically inclined, but not, but not fully in that world. So it's just really, really interesting to me to to take a look even at ancient man and see how how it was that they created all of these different instruments with complex cording and even just the materials that they had to use, the raw materials whether that was plant and, and things that were very biodegradable or whether that was bone and horn that are less biodegradable. So we have a lot of evidence, uh, you know, left of those. It's always really, really neat to see how God created humans to make music, to be rhythmic, to express, you know, emotion uh, and reality in that way. It's interesting because when you look at the animals in the kingdom, uh, in the world, they don't have the same appreciation for music that humans do. Music they make some pretty cool noises. Don't they, they make beautiful <laughs> birds. Yeah. They, they're just beautiful noises. Yeah. It, it's as if God has programmed them to do that, mm -hmm. and which He has, and so that's that's really something. Well, and, and that's what we're reading about. All creation praises Him. I remember doing a segment a few years back, and it was on tree slices, like literally mm -hmm. a slice of a tree, and they used, I believe, it was some type of light projected on it, some type of laser light, and you could literally hear music like you would off of the old vinyls that we did with records. And, and I thought even the trees sing his praise. There's so much that we don't know here now, but what the new heavens and new earth will be like yeah. is beyond yeah, our imaginations, right. but everything praises the Lord. You know, when you take the, the crickets that are chirping and you put that with the birds singing and the wind going through the leaves and oh my goodness, okay. everything is a symphony. Tell us about the 16th coming up this Friday. Right. Okay. We have a live event this Friday. It is going to be at 3.30 Eastern time. So whatever that is your time, you can do those conversions. 3.30 Eastern time. We're going live on my YouTube channel. So that's my name, Corey Babechko on YouTube. We will all be here. We are going to be discussing some Bible questions and also interacting with you, taking your questions from the live chat as well. So hope to see you there. Very good. Janice? Yes. I wanted to talk about the great love of God. And obviously I'm not going to have time to go into how great God does love us. But there is a portion of scripture in Psalm 147 that Rod has touched on already and you've heard it read, but I'm going to remind us of it again. You know, there is a lot of brokenhearted people in this world today. And the scriptures tell us in several places that God is close to the brokenhearted. And I, I, I just feel today that I want to encourage you that you are not alone, that God hears you and is very close to you because his word promises that. So I just want to encourage you with the passage today. We're going to start with verse 3 of Psalm 147. It says, He, and that's God, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. 
He counts the number of the stars, just like Ryan was talking about. He calls them all by name. You know, if God knows how many stars there are because he created them and he has names for them all, he knows where you are and he knows what's going on in your heart. Just call out to him today. He hears you when you cry out. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. Our understanding is, we, we, we can't understand everything, but God does. He knows exactly what you're struggling with. He casts the wicked down to the ground, and then it, it, it says, sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. But you know, it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? The Lord lifts up the humble. When you come to God in humbleness, when, when you acknowledge that you need him, he is as close as the mention of his name. He really is. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus went to the synagogue and he was handed the Isaiah scroll and he read from it. And it's our Isaiah 61 in the Bible. He read this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Did you hear that? Jesus declared that of himself, that he was sent, God the Father sent Jesus the Son to heal the brokenhearted. If you are feeling brokenhearted, if you feel hopeless, come to the Lord Jesus today. He proclaims liberty to those of us who are held captive by sin, by oppression, by the chains that bind us, addictions. He's the one that can free us from those when we come to him and ask him to forgive us of our sins, to live within us and to help us through that so that we can follow him, turn away from those things, but we need his help to be able to do that. And recovery of sight to the blind. Jesus is the light. When he shines his light into our darkness, all of a sudden we see differently and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. If you are feeling in that place today, cry out to the Lord Jesus. He's as close to your broken heart and he can fix that and set you free. The channel is called BD Family and Friends. BD Family, BD stands for Bible Discovery. BD Family and Friends. It's on Roku, it's on FireTalk, it's on all of the various streaming mechanisms you can find. It's also on the computer at BibleDiscoveryTV.com. And let me tell you something, I would suggest you go there and look at the programs we produce because we put them on live. And so we have the video on demand, but we also have the live channel. Actually, there's old Just the Facts programs from 25 years ago. I did those programs. Anyway, check it out, BD family and friends. Today we pray, Lord, I want to dedicate to help and to heal this world. 
In fact, that's what I do when I follow you. Help me today.